glitch there y'all almost heard the theme song two times but it's okay hey y'all welcome to a new episode of the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy of course yeah this is your first time listening to the show thank you for listening and or watching live on all of the platforms on instagram twitter slash x and of course youtube and twitch thank you for watching and if this isn't your first time listening thank you for continuing to support me and supporting the vibe and everything that i have going on in wrestling in and out of this show and just everywhere else um it's been a crazy journey. It's been a lot going on with your girl. Um, and there's been a lot going on in wrestling too. Like based off of my posts, I posted that wrestling has wrestled and life has lifed. And life has definitely been lifing over these past couple of weeks, but definitely in this past week in October going into November, life has definitely lived and of course i will be talking about what i liked in wrestling this week including with wwe's crown jewel which happened just yesterday which was an amazing show um it was pretty long but it was still pretty amazing for the most part i'm going to talk about that and other things that i liked in wrestling this week from raw smackdown AEW, and so many other different things but first and foremost i have to talk about what's been going on with me um this week something completely crazy happened and this in this part of the show this is where i normally talk about you know news and gossipish right but at this point in time the news and gossipish is about me and I have to use the platform that kicked all of this off for me in this way in terms of the wrestling space in order to discuss what's happening with myself. So yeah, news and gossipish is about me and I have to talk about what has happened, what's gonna happen and all of the above. So this is your girl Stephanie talking about her life before, during and after women's wrestling talk. And yeah, I'm gonna say this for real. So this week, this past Tuesday, which was also Halloween, um, 
And this is also during a time in which Halloween Havoc Night 2 was going on. I came home from, you know, going to eat dinner and stuff and watching everybody with their Halloween costumes. And I'm so happy that everybody loved my Seth Rollins costume that I threw together at the last minute. And when I came home, I just so happened to look at my phone um, and I found something that I wasn't necessarily like expecting to find. Um, so for those who may or may not know, I used to work for a wrestling publication known as Women's Wrestling Talk, which was billed as the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. And I've talked about it multiple times on this show, multiple times everywhere else and all of the above. And I was proudly representing that brand for close to three years as a host and as a budding writer. And the CEO, of course, is TK Trinidad, and I was happy to be a part of that brand for as long as I was doing whatever it is that I could do as a host of two or three after shows at a time sometimes and also doing interviews and also writing things and whatnot. Like anything that the brand needed, I was willing to do it because I loved women's wrestling and I loved wrestling, period. Um and I was also a part of this brand while also helping to take care of this brand myself that has my last name on it, too. So for those who, you know, might have gotten it twisted a little bit, like I was doing this show, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and doing Women's Wrestling Talk at the same time. So one wasn't getting more attention than the other. Both of them were getting my equal parts of attention while also with me living a regular, regular life as an adult. So that part needs to be addressed. And so Tuesday, I look on women's wrestling talk because of course so much has happened with the mass exodus that happened with women's wrestling talk that took place between um one of the workers for women's wrestling talk our senior writer our former senior writer nikki bougie and the brand itself and also with tk they had something going on where it only takes nikki talking about it i won't address it here because it's their you know it's her issue to discuss and i support her in whatever it is that she decides to do um she and her had some issues going on and because the issues sort of spilled over online and on Twitter, it made us have to have to make some decisions about whether or not we wanted to move forward with the brand. And September the 18th, I decided that I was going to walk away from Women's Wrestling Talk and from my positions there because I just had to, you know, decide to do what was best for me and what was best for my brand. Now, I tried to keep it as classy as I could in terms of leaving, you know, releasing my statement, saying what I needed to say in that and not addressing it anymore and moving forward with other iterations of my wrestling career in terms of writing commentary and all of the above. But Tuesday really kind of set that backwards. Um, Tuesday night, I looked and saw that a concept that I had came up with before I had left Women's Wrestling Talk had gone public on their website. And this is the article in question. Um, it was called, What If AJ Mendez Returned to Wrestling? And I came up with this concept of an article when I was still with Women's Wrestling Talk because 
AJ Mendez had left um, Wild Women of Wrestling because she was an executive producer and then she was a um, and she was a commentator as well. And then everybody, you know, was talking about, oh, well, wouldn't it be cool if she came back to wrestle, you know, in the ring? Because everybody saw what she was doing on the show Heels on Stars, which is now canceled and everybody got excited about it. So in my mind, I'm just like, OK, well, let's think about the possibilities of what would happen if she returned to wrestling. And I wrote this article. But then, of course, all of the other stuff um, with everyone else went crazy and then I decided to leave and I was thinking this article would never be put out and you know it would never be seen boy was I wrong um this article winds up on women's wrestling talks website and it's under the name Sydney Cruz and it was put out on October 20th, which means it was put out two weeks ago. But this article was meant to come out during Hispanic Heritage Month. And I'm trying to figure out, number one, who is Sydney Cruz? Number two, why is this article out? And number three, I'm reading through it and looking at it. And it looks exactly the way that I wrote it and left it when I left the website and when I left the publication with the exception of a few letter changes and with the, with the exception of a couple of word changes and spelling changes, it looked exactly the same as I left it. With the pictures that I chose and everything, it looked exactly the same. And it was just crazy. And yeah, Mr. Black, I see you. Hey, thank you for watching and thank you for your support and your loving words. I saw what you and um, the crew at Jobber Tears did. Wilkins, Janelle, y'all have my heart. I love y'all so much. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out why is this why is this person's name on my article, right? So I'm freaking out. I'm angry about it. I call Katrina from Incat We Trust, who I host Steph and Cat Talk Wow with, and she's pissed off. We're all angry. We're all trying to figure everything out. And in the midst of me being angry, I do something that I usually don't do when I'm angry, and that's post about it on social media. That's something I used to do a long time ago on Facebook, but I, I, I've since moved away from it the more I've matured. But this just really brought it out of me, and I was just really upset. So I was just like, so in terms of all the other stuff that I've heard about this brand, taking from other creators who worked for the brand like Santana who was the editor-in-chief Dreon Santana who was the editor-in-chief of Women's Wrestling Talk um having one of her pictures taken um for one of their posts for the PWI 250 top 10 there was just so much other stuff and I'm just like so on top of y'all also taking from other people y'all are also taking from me and trying to benefit from the work that I've done when I'm no longer there that's trash so I post about it everywhere and everybody's angry. But the thing is, I didn't expect as many people to catch on to it as it did. And it was very overwhelming. And I was still trying to sit and watch Halloween Havoc while all of this is happening. There's just so much anger. There's so much frustration, all the retweets and all of the above. And I appreciate all of you guys for the retweets and for the love and the support that was shown. But it just all caught me off guard because, like I said, I don't usually post about stuff like this. I usually kind of just take it on the chin and just move on and just not say anything. Cause I'm just not a confrontational person. Like I just don't do that. Like I don't like having to confront people about things, you know, in that way. Like that's just something I have to work on. And 
to do this online was just a lot, but I did it anyway. And I was just like, oh, so y'all are stealing from me too. And this just lit a fire under everyone. And yeah. So then everything happens. We have the spaces on Twitter. We talk about it. You know, we vent our frustrations and all of the above. Wednesday, I look and see that a statement was released um, on Women's Wrestling Talks Twitter. And they're saying, good morning. This article was not plagiarized. There was an issue on the technical side that we were able to resolve. We have been able to properly credit you for your work. Great job on the article. And here is the link. And I don't know if you can see it, but if you can see it on the screen, they did change and put my name on there. But, well, before I go into but, they also put more in the statement saying, to clarify, our system does not retain the names of creators after departures. In the result of unfortunate departures recently, some content, some content was retained in the system and the editor was unaware whom to credit for their work and it credited them in error. We sincerely apologize for any confusion and appreciate Stephanie for her work and time at WWT. Thank you for understanding. Now, this was a lot to put together because I understand the apology part. And I understand you changing the name to my name because I was the one who said, look, I wrote this article. Why is this under somebody else's name? Blah, 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 blah. But a part of me wonders if you would have changed the name if I had said something to you in private or if you would have changed the name if it hadn't gone viral the way that it did. Because even though I have women's wrestling talk blocked everywhere um, for reasons that I probably will explain in the next few minutes, um, it's just the principle. Like, would you have changed the name if everybody and their mama wasn't tagging you that Tuesday night into Wednesday morning? Like, would you have changed it if it wasn't for, like, the negative um, attention that it got? Like, because it was up there from October 20th all the way to the 31st. I had no clue because I hadn't been, I didn't know. I didn't know because I wasn't checking for anything y'all were doing because quite frankly, the reason why is because even though I tried to let y'all go as quietly as I could and as classic and as classic, classically as I could, y'all were doing backwater things. You were stealing from my friends. You stole Dreon Santana's picture that she would take at impact events. You were stealing concepts, you know, from other people. You've deleted other people's articles from what I've heard who used to work there as well. And you posted this article under somebody else's name because I guess the truth is you really don't have that much to talk about at this point. You don't have that much to hold on to at this point because everyone has left. 
and I tried to keep quiet about it. I really did. I tried to be chill about it and just move away from it as best as I could. But now you have officially forced my hand and now I have to like be real about what's really going on. The reason why I left, it took me and probably Katrina from NCAT We Trust the longest to leave after everything happened in September because we were probably the first two people that were recruited for Women's Wrestling Talk in 2021. We were the first two and it took us a whole lot to want to leave because with everything that was going on, it didn't directly involve us, but we were trying to decide what was the best move for us going forward with our brands and with everything else that was happening for us in our wrestling careers. And what really solidified the decision for me was when Miss Ma'am, the CEO released the statement at the very and at the very bottom ended the statement by saying that everything happens for a reason. Over the last few days, instead of my creation tanking, the value of it has increased exponentially that I was able to benefit from it. And I would like to thank everyone in all caps for that. That was the most important thing to you. That was the most important thing to you. Not the fact that a staff that you created and helped build up for over the past two years that helped you create this brand was hurt from what you did to one of the most dedicated members, but just the fact that the value of it increased exponentially and you were able to benefit from it. That was the most important thing. That to me was the number one reason as to why I left. That's why I left because that felt like a very dark reason to want to keep this going. Like, excuse me, you took someone's concept and copyrighted it behind their back, didn't tell them anything. And because the both of y'all were in some type, the both of y'all had a conflict or whatever, and then it's, and then it spilled over and it had nothing to do with us. And you talk about how you benefited from it. And that's the only thing that you got out of it, out of the situation. Usually when people lash out online and talk about the things that anger them, it's for a reason. And instead of you trying to handle it in a classy, somewhat chill situation, you did that and legally you released a statement talking about how you personally benefited from it with your brand. It wasn't even the wrestling part of it. I thought at this point we had had a family and I thought we were cool and I thought everything was fine, but apparently it's not and it wasn't what I thought it was. And the idea that you would put my article out under someone else's name and yeah you apologize for it and yeah you put my name on there because i was the one who worked on it you know for hours and days on end um and stuff yeah you fixed it but it's just the principle you knew that i was there and you knew that i was working on it because i asked you and dreon if i could do the article because every time i tried to write 
on their website. I asked for permission to because I wasn't on staff as a as a consistent writer because I have a full time job and because I was also hosting. There was still so much I was still, you know, trying to figure out with that. But writing was something that I just wanted to explore because that's a hidden talent that I had that I never really did. So I was just like, okay, well, let me ask them about this. You knew I wrote this article, but yet and still you put it out under someone else's name and did not care. Like that is just so careless. I hope going forward, you know, that this doesn't happen to me again. Because of course, now I've gone on to do other things, but at the same time, I hope that this doesn't happen again because I don't do anything to anybody in this space. I just talk about wrestling. I interview people in the wrestling business. I write my articles and I commentate for certain events. That's all I do. And I don't do this for the money and I don't do this for the clout. I do it because I love wrestling. My grandmama, whose birthday is today, um, she would have been 101 today. She was going to wrestling events and sneaking out of church services on Sundays just like this, just to go to the Batwall Auditorium in Birmingham, Alabama to see OGs wrestle. That was her thing. And that spilled over onto my dad. My dad became a wrestling fan. And then my dad had me and my sister and we became wrestling fans. My sister grew out of it, you know, and it is what it is with that. But I love wrestling. And yeah, there may have been times in my life where I couldn't watch it all the way through sometimes because of life or whatever in college and other stuff like that. But I have always loved wrestling. It is from a genuine place in my heart. The way that people are passionate about basketball and football and so many other different things and TV shows and comic books and so many other different things, I'm passionate about wrestling that way. That is the slogan of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Chill, positive, and passionate. I love wrestling from my heart and my soul. And because I have loved wrestling my entire life and because I respect wrestlers and because I respect referees and I respect everybody who works in wrestling, I try to handle this with as much, which, with as much care as I possibly can because I know I'm not an athlete. I've never been a professional. I have only up until this point been a fan. I am a fan in blessed and rarefied air. If you had asked me 10 years ago that I would be hosting a wrestling podcast and that I would be on staff for a wrestling website like Daily DDT and I would be commentating and people would know my name, I would look at you like you're crazy because this wasn't my life stream. This wasn't what I wanted to do, you know, for the rest of my life. 10 years ago, I thought for sure I was going to go to school and pick a major and then figure it out. And I wound up choosing music and I wound up becoming a classically trained singer. But at the same time, none of that really worked once I graduated and moved back home. So I just did what was necessary for myself. I got a job, you know, went to church, sang at church, did the things, whatever, and lived a regular life. It was only when I started talking about wrestling in Facebook groups and 
in one of those Facebook groups, they talked about starting a podcast and then it wound up not happening for different reasons. And then I decided to start my own podcast that this all started. I only started this podcast audio only to be a fan and talk about the things that I love about wrestling. That's it. This week in wrestling, when Drew McIntyre was talking about how he won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, which wasn't in front of people because of the pandemic, that gave me chills in my body because that was when I started the podcast, when he won the Royal Rumble that year. That week, in, that week afterward was when the Hardy Wrestling Podcast started, February 8th, 2020. That was when the podcast started. Sensational Sherry's birthday. I didn't get into this because I thought it would be lucrative for me. I didn't get into this because I was trying to be famous. I got into this because I love wrestling. I didn't get into this because I had a brand name or because I had something that I'm trying to push or a product or something. I got into this because I love wrestling from a genuine place. It's a bloodline thing. <laughs> like for real, I love wrestling for real. I'm a little girl who wanted to stand in line to meet The Undertaker at the World of Wheels custom auto show with my dad. I'm a girl who sat and watched wrestling with my dad and watched him tape WCW and WWF back to back during the Monday Night Wars because he didn't want to miss anything because he went to work. That's what I was raised in. That's the real. Me and my dad still watch wrestling together to this day. And we probably won't stop. <laughs> and we probably won't stop. And that's just the truth, okay? Like, I know this. This is what I do for a passion. And if I do get paid from it, that's fantastic. But I don't do it for the money. I do it because I love it. I do it because wrestling makes me happy. I do it because wrestling has kept me sane during times in my life where I thought everything was going to fall apart. And it still does that for me now. Because while this was going on, I was watching Trick Williams get in Carmelo Hayes' face. This is what was going on while... All of that was happening on Halloween Havoc while all of this craziness is happening to me. Havoc is currently happening to me and I'm watching Havoc. I care about this business and I want to be a positive part about this business. I want to be a safe space in this business. If anybody wants me to commentate for a thing, I will try my best to make it there and I will try my best to work it out in terms of rates or whatever and all of the above but i don't do it for the money i don't do it for the clout i do it because it's my heart and it's my soul wrestling has given me far too much joy in my life for me to let this one situation take this away and i know a lot of people were checking on me checking on my mental health and i felt like and at first i did tell a couple of friends that i felt like a sad sack of potatoes because i thought that the relationship that me and you know the ceo had was deeper than that i thought that we were you know cooler than that and stuff like that 
But as it turns out, that's not the case. And yeah, that did hurt me a bit. And yeah, it still does hurt to a degree because it's been two months that this has been going on. But at the same time, I know that what I have on the other end of this tunnel is way better and full of way much more light than I have been given. And that's not to say that I haven't done great things because I have. I've been really blessed to say that I have this podcast and I've had amazing people on this podcast when I didn't even know what StreamYard even was. When I was just doing audio, I had Thunder Rosa on my show before she was officially signed with AEW and when my podcast was just audio based. I had Teddy Long when I was doing video interviews on Zoom. Zoom was difficult, (laughs) but either way, I still had that going for myself. I am okay, and I will continue to be okay. And yeah, it was amazing to be on Fight TV, not only as a commentator for the Belladonna division, but with Women's Wrestling talking that way with certain interviews and stuff that I have done. Yeah, it was great to get all the interviews and stuff that I did with WOW and all of the other stuff that I was able to do with NWA and Power Weekend, which was the first time I had ever done media in my life. All of that was fantastic. It was beautiful. But now it's time to trust me and it's time for me to trust the power of my own brand and the work that I have done. And I am really, really sorry that this had to be public, but I just needed to say something because there's only so many times I can continue to let people, you know, beat me up or let people talk trash about me or do me wrong. And I don't say anything about it because it's like I said, I don't do anything to anybody in this space. All I try to do is help put people on, share clips of people, you know, that people need to know about and express my love for things in wrestling and just do that. That's what I try my best to do. But just know that if you do do me harm in any way, shape or form, just like they found out, there's a community of people who will come after you and hold you accountable for that. And I won't necessarily have to say a word. The only reason why I'm saying a word about it now is because I really wanted to. But quite honestly, I didn't have to say anything because there are people who did and they showed up in numbers to say things on my behalf. And I appreciate that. And I love them for that so, 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 so much. I have a family, a real family and a wrestling family. And that's amazing to know that I have given so much to this wrestling community and they were able to give back to me in that way. And I wasn't I wasn't even looking for that, but the fact that it did happen in that way just makes me happy. And I'm really grateful and blessed to know that people from all over came to my defense and Hopefully, you know, I can continue to do what I'm created to do in this space until I can't anymore. And that's just the truth. So, yeah, I love you, too. (laughs) I love you, too. And 
yeah, that happened. But at the end of the day, it's just like the bottom of my name says today. Then, now, and forever. Um, Lovely told me that this week. Um, She told me, look, you're going to be Stephanie Harney then, now, and forever. And that's just the truth. There is so much more that I believe life has in store for me when it comes to this. And I just try to be as genuine and as loving as I possibly can in this space. I just want to give people a safe space to talk about the things that they love or talk about the things that they don't necessarily, you know, like all that much, but still, you know, address wrestling in a healthy way. This wasn't a healthy thing that happened, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be healthier because of it. The Hardy Wrestling Podcast is still going to thrive. I'm going to still thrive and life is going to continue to go on and wrestling is going to continue to go on. And as long as wrestling is going on, I'm going to go on. So, in the midst of that, speaking of writings, if you haven't already, please go on dailyddt.com and check out my most recent article about how WWE should push for a Mandy Rose return because I've actually been doing amazing work with Daily DDT and I really appreciate their staff for being supportive of me during this time. I really appreciate it so, so, so much. And I'm really proud of, you know, this article that I wrote about Mandy Rose being, you know, in line for a possible WWE return. So please, if you haven't read that already, please read that. Um, Also read my article called Roxanne um, Perez is main roster ready, as well as if Rhea Ripley being the center of a men's angle is a good or a bad thing. And of course, my very first article, three big matches to kick off Jade Cargill's WWE run. Because when I started with Daily DDT, they said, of course, since this is like, um, since this is a paid um, job, I just started the ball rolling and just started writing what I felt the most passionate about. And it's just like, there's so much happening. And I'm just really blessed to be in this situation where I'm writing and people are actually, you know, here for it and loving what I write. So I'm just really happy So read all those articles. And I will have more on the horizon. Like over the past month, like I just went crazy and just started writing an article every week. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. (laughs) But either way, like if you want to go on dailyddt.com, read those articles and just continue to support me as I write more because I love to write. Um, It's really, you know, engaging and I really, and it's very therapeutic if you haven't done it for yourself. Um, So yeah, just check out my articles over there, not at the other place but over here, because this is where it's really going on. And also check out Katrina's work as well or Daily DDT, because we both got hired at the same time. So yeah, that's really all I have to say about that in that aspect. Um, Yeah. I'm going to thrive regardless. Other people, not so much. Yeah, babe. Mic drop. <laughs> So yeah, moving into 
what I liked in wrestling this week, there's been so much that has happened that I feel like I haven't been able to talk about in the traditional sense. Because I've been, there's been a lot of changes going on with the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Because, of course, I've been doing Steph and Cat Talk Wow with Katrina. And we talk about Wow all the time. And it's really great to be able to do that simply because, you know, Wow is such a good show. And we wanted to continue the support that we started over with Women's Wrestling Talk, you know, over on our own thing. So something that I liked in wrestling this past week was the fact that Vicky Lynn McCoy um, gave her reasonings for wanting to attack the beast behind her back in an alley, um, which made her have to, you know, give up the WOW World title, which was then won by Penelope Pink. But now she's not the champion anymore. And now Princess Ozzy is the champion. Um, Vicky Lynn McCoy's reasoning for attacking the beast wasn't good enough for me. And I did address that on Stephen Cat Talk WOW. But the reason she gave was just really, like, lame. She was just like, I wanted to be the most dominant force in WOW. And I'm just like, ma'am, that makes no sense considering there are so many women in WOW who are your size and your build. So if that's the case, you need to take out everybody. But my thing is, if you haven't taken out everybody and you only targeted the beast, I'm going to need for her to really step up her game and just say that the reason why you attacked the beast was because either Lana Starr told you to or Penelope Pink told you to. Because if it wasn't for you attacking the beast, Penelope Pink would not have been champion at LA Comic Con. And that's just the truth of the matter. But, you know, they had their revenge match, and it was pretty okay for the most part, even though it went to no contest. So hopefully we'll get another match between them. But honestly, I want it in a cage. I need a WOW cage match. <laughs> I don't care if it's this season or next season. If there's a WOW cage match, then I will be super, super pumped about it. But like I always say, if you guys haven't watched WOW Women of Wrestling Superheroes, you are definitely missing out on one of the best all-women shows on the planet. Um, if you're looking for all-women content, that is definitely a good place to go. Even though I understand the characters might be a little bit different from what you're used to in terms of wrestling, the wrestling and the action is still pretty much fire. And they have amazing women who also wrestle in the independents, or you may have seen, you know, on a couple of television shows here and there, you know, on this show. So please check it out if you already have it. Um, you can go on wowe.com and check out what listings it comes on for you if you have cable. Um, and you can also watch it on Hulu and Pluto TV, and you can subscribe to their YouTube channel. And of course, after you finish watching those episodes, you can watch our after show over here called Steph and Cat Talk Wow every Monday. So, yeah, it's amazing. Please check out WOW and support women's wrestling all around. Another thing that I liked in wrestling this week was just how strong um, they made Zia Lee look on Raw when she was facing off against Candice LeRae. Now, this shocked me a bit because um, Zia Lee was looking to face off against Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's title that Becky, of course, won from Tiffany Stratton. And, you know, she held on to it for 40 plus days, I will say. But I really feel that even in that reign, as short as it was, it was still really substantial because you saw Becky Lynch fight people, you know, who you hadn't really seen on television that much on Raw or you hadn't really seen, you know, even on NXT in a minute. Like she fought the likes of Tegan Knox, She fought Indy Hartwell and, um, 
Of course, she fought Tiffany Stratton and just so many other people. But of course, now Becky Lynch has lost the title um, to um, Lyra Valkyria. And now that sort of left Zia Lee, I guess, sort of floating in the wind. But then again, it did it because now she started this feud with Candice LeRae. And she knocked Candice LeRae out Monday. Like, all the way out. Like, in this picture where you see her about to kick her, she kicks Candice LeRae. And Candice LeRae is kind of just sitting there. And she can't get back up. And she can't continue. And this is kind of similar to how they were making Xia Lee look like an NXT before um, 2.0. And I loved it because I was just like, yo, like, because at first Zaylee was kind of like this smiling girl, you know, who was just happy to be there as the first Chinese woman to be on a WWE roster. But at the same time, you know, there was something missing for her. So the idea that she was able, you know, to have this character, you know, and then at first she was on SmackDown as the protector. And now she's been moved to Raw. You know, there was something that just wasn't happening and you weren't seeing her on TV as much. So the idea that she's being used now and made to look like a little bit of a knockout monster again is pretty awesome to me. But then it's also weird because they had Candice LeRae have like a whole um, big thing, like a vignette that they showed talking about her and her motivations for being a star and stuff. And you can clearly see that there's an effort being made creatively to make these people who you rarely see on television, you know, and introduce us to them. But at the same time, you know, it was just weird to see her get knocked out like that after watching that vignette. But I'm sure more will happen with the women, you know, when it comes to that. But Zia Lee has the potential to look like, you know, a big deal if they keep booking her that way. Patrick, thank you for watching on YouTube. He's saying Zia Lee has the potential to be that superstar. Yep, she could. You just never know. So, yeah, that was really interesting. And I like that. And then she also got into the face of Becky Lynch. Now, this is an older picture. Because, of course, like I said, Becky is not champion anymore. But she got into the face of Becky Lynch as Becky was cutting her promo, um, talking about what's next for her now that she no longer has the NXT Women's title. And she, and she actually gave some shots. She took some shots at Rhea Ripley, saying that she did more with the NXT Women's title than Rhea Ripley did with the Women's World title. And then Xia Lee interrupted her and got in her face again. So this just goes to show you that there's going to be more for her and Becky to still do, even though there isn't a title present. And I'm definitely okay with that. But at the same time, I am still intrigued that maybe Becky is going to be the person to challenge, um, to challenge Rhea Ripley again for the women's world title. I'm really excited about that. So yeah, you just never really know what you're going to get. Um, but I'm really excited about that. But I also believe, and Stephanie Hypes um, on Twitter, who is the biggest Becky Lynch fan, definitely, like, I want to give her her credit. Um, and I got to have her on the show at some point. Um, talked about how she feels that Becky Lynch running with the NXT Women's title and having the fuse that she did sort of should open the door for an idea for a mid-card title for the women. And she is absolutely right about that.
Like, I am definitely a person who is okay with the women having a mid-card title because every woman can't be, you know, put together in a tag team because that chemistry might not be there and they might not necessarily work as well. Because, of course, you have the women's world title on Raw. You have the women's sort of undisputed championship on SmackDown. But after that, you really don't have anything else outside of the tag titles for the women to do. So if you gave them a mid-card title, you know, and gave it to somebody like a Becky Lynch or a Tegan Knox or a Natalia, you would get better usage out of other women who you rarely, if ever, see in the ring or who participate in dark matches before the show comes on. Like, if you gave, like, a mid-card title opportunity to someone like a Zelina Vega, who's been chopping at the bit for the right opportunity, like, that would be amazing. I would live for that. And I feel like Becky you know, and her feuding with the NXT women's title with other people, like that definitely gave a good, you know, reasoning for that. So hopefully we'll see more of that and maybe we'll see a mid-card title for the women at some point. But I am still excited about what's going on with them, with Becky, Zaya, and Rhea later. So yeah. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. They always have these stare downs and they make you want more. So, yeah. Another thing I liked, uh, moving to the men on Raw, was Sami Zayn's speech to the Judgment Day. Um, Patrick saying when Becky was on NXT recently, she had some good title defenses on it. Most definitely she did. Um, Sami Zayn decided to go absolutely off on the systems that seek to oppress other people on Raw, and I loved it. I love the moments where you get to see sort of philanthropist and activist Sami Zayn come out on television because he is one he's been one of those people who's been consistently raising money for Syria for different efforts for years now and he is just a real person because if you may or may not know yeah he is Canadian he is French Canadian but he is also um part Middle Eastern as well. And so anytime there's any issues, you know, involving, you know, people of color on that end, he is always, you know, at the forefront of getting those issues out there and talking about them and being loud about them. And he definitely did that with his rant towards the Judgment Day. And for those who caught it, you caught it. And for those who didn't, please watch it. And if you put it together with what's currently going on on the global climate, you will literally understand. And it was fire. He said, my name is Rebellion, okay? And he meant that from the bottom of his heart. All right. And he definitely meant that at Crown Jewel yesterday, too, when he stopped Damian Priest from being able to cash in money in the bank on Seth. He said, my name is Rebellion and y'all going to hear me today. OK. And I love him for that. I love Seth. Um, not Seth. I love Sami Zayn for that. And I hope he just continues to be himself because people are just going to love him regardless. Like. I just, he's hes so amazing, and I just love watching him use his voice for good. It, it's so cool. So please check out that speech if you haven't gotten a chance. It is very powerful, and it makes you want to run through a wall and tear down the establishment board by board. It really does. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> also, another thing I liked on Raw for the Men 
was the Creed Brothers having their Raw debut against Alpha Academy. This was absolutely fantastic. Um, they, of course, answered an open challenge that the Alpha Academy had. And something that I'm really, really loving more and more each time is just, like, the infiltration of NXT people on Raw and SmackDown. Like, I'm loving it that even though they might not get called up immediately, you know, they are putting them in the show for different opportunities that they feel that they might be ready for, you know, outside of shows like main event and stuff. Like, I love seeing people get opportunities like this. And if you don't watch NXT, which you should be doing, um, the Creed brothers, Julius and Brutus, are fantastic. Like, they have been tag team champions before. And they were a part of the Diamond Mine, which was created by Roderick Strong, who was, of course, no longer with WWE. He's with AEW now. But he created this faction alongside um, also Stokely. Um, but he's no longer with them either. And they had the diamond mine thing going on and they were really like, you know, textbook old school wrestlers who like to just wrestle you down with that train Greco Roman type of stuff. Like they are athletes. These are like NCAA, you know, ranked athletes and they're amazing. Like they're definitely cut from the same cloth that say a Shelton Benjamin or a Kurt Angle is cut from, or a Brock Lesnar is even cut from. Like, they are cut from that same cloth, but of course they're younger. And it's just like, they have so much energy when they wrestle and their tag team work is just fantastic. And they actually wound up beating the Alpha Academy in a stellar match. And what was so funny was Ivy Nile, you know, who was holding up their arms, she actually got into it a little bit with uh, Maxie and Dupree. And I was just like, yo, like, this is amazing for them. So I'm just really pumped for their future. I'm hoping maybe they'll get another tag team title run at some point. But either way, I'm happy that they were able to have this moment. Um, they had this moment on Raw basically the same way Carmelo Hayes had his moment on Raw against Finn Balor. Except, you know, they won and Carmelo sadly didn't win his match against Finn, but it's okay. NXT people are coming up and I love seeing more of that on television. It keeps things fresh and it exposes people more to the NXT product that more people really do need to be watching because that one day you're going to wake up and everybody named Mama who is from NXT going to take over the whole company and you're going to be like, what the heck is going on? So <laughs> yeah, it's just really amazing. Another thing that I liked from Monday Night Raw was the Miz getting in Gunter's face. Now, of course, Miz had Miz TV and he wanted Gunter on his show. Um, and Imperium came out first. Of course, that's Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. They came out there first and basically said that Gunter wasn't going to come out because he doesn't take his show seriously. He doesn't take you seriously, blah, blah, blah. But then when they weren't getting the job done, I guess Gunter decided to come out anyway. And he was just running down The Miz and talking trash about The Miz and his talk show or whatever. And he was just talking about the reason why nobody takes him seriously anymore. And I was just like, you're really mean right now. How could you say this to The Miz? And The Miz got in his face and got real passionate and told him, look, you want to talk trash about me. But at the end of the day, I was the one who helped make that intercontinental title relevant almost on the same level as you is because a lot of people forget because he's Mr. I like to do movies a lot of the time and I like to be silly a lot of the time that there was a point where him and Dolph Ziggler were feuding over the Intercontinental Championship back and forth during the Smackdown Live era and it was hot 
and I mean absolutely hot. Like they made that title mean something. And that wasn't even when the title was in that design. It was in the white, it was in the white old school design that Cody Rose brought back. That was a time to be alive <laughs> to watch those two feud over that title in that way. And the Miz really did put that title, you know, and lifted it up in a way that made it, you know, that made people want it. But a lot of people don't give him credit for that, just like they don't give him credit for a lot of different things in wrestling. Like, they kind of just think, oh, well, he's just a sideshow person and he only does this for the fame. No, like, he loves wrestling, like, legit. It's just that he didn't come from the same cloth that a lot of other people came from when it comes to wrestling. But you can't deny his impact, you know, on the wrestling you know, community and when it comes to what he has done in wrestling and how many reigns this man has had, you know, with various titles. He's been a Grand Slam champion twice and you don't do that without winning the IC title. And Gunter was just being mad disrespectful to him. And I'm just like, you ain't finna do this to him. So yeah, this was really enjoyable. And a lot of people had their feelings online about the men's possibly being face and how he doesn't make a good face because of, you know, him being a face a long time ago or whatever. But I feel like this right here might make for him to be a good face. Cause how many times, you know, I feel like watching him try to take the IC title from Gunter would be amazing. Like, I feel like that would definitely be a good way to make him, you know, be a good face because he'll have something, you know, to search for other than attention a lot of the time. Because on Raw lately, he's just been like, well, how come people are ignoring me? How come no one's, you know, paying attention to me? No, this is going to give Miz the athlete something to bite into. And I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that. Patrick saying, yep, yep, yep. That feud between the Miz and Dolph Ziggler was a classic, definitely modern classic. And first ballot Hall of Fame, definitely, Hotep, definitely. So, yeah, like, I'm really here for it, and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. And maybe, for all we know, the Miz could take it off of him. But Gunther's been on a roll lately, and he's trying to break everybody's records. So, you just never know. And another thing that I loved about Raw was Cody Rhodes. Of course, he cut a promo on Damian Priest because they had to fight each other um, at Crown Jewel. And he cut a promo talking about how Damien has to run, has not run, but Damien has always been walking behind people because he's like, look, you've always been dangerous and you've always been a force and you have the money in the bank contract and you are this many steps from immortality. But what do you do? You walk behind Rhea Ripley. You walk behind Dominic Mysterio and you walk behind Finn Balor. And he said, look, the road is always paved towards me. It's always going to be me. And if I have to go through you to do it, then so be it. And Cody Rose read the crap out of him, y'all. He read Damian Priest for filth. And I loved it. I loved every inch of it. I was just like, yes, get him together. Because literally, even though Damian Priest has until the end of, um, he has until like next year to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase, he's had multiple opportunities where he really could have cashed in on Seth if he really wanted to. But he hasn't done it because either Rhea told him not to, or he just somehow or another just didn't do it somehow. And it's crazy because he really could have did it yesterday, but didn't do it. Well, be well, now nah, he didn't do it. Seth, not Seth, Sammy 
Sami Zayn stopped him from doing it. But yeah, it was funny how Cody Rhodes told him, like, you really just need to just be Damien, be the dangerous one, like, be that guy. But he just keeps walking behind everybody else. And then there's the whole underlying fact of Rhea being the leader and people don't like it and stuff and so it's just it's just insane but either way um I just love how Cody called him into question and was like look get yourself together and I just like that oh okay hey Anthony hey okay I just didn't recognize you from the Okay, thank you so much for watching. Hi, I'm going to actually check out your podcast, the Black Brews podcast, because that sounds really interesting. I'm going to check that out. But thank you for watching. Thank you so much. So, yeah, another thing that I liked slash kind of didn't like in wrestling this week, which makes me sad to say, was on NXT Halloween Havoc Night 2, Lola Vice became the winner of the Women's Breakout Tournament. And I love Lola um, because... Um, I love her athleticism and I love her past experience in MMA. And if you watch her, if you follow her on Instagram, which my boyfriend did, and then of course I saw her and I was like, oh, okay. And he told me, oh, she's going to WWE. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I saw her and then she became Lola Vice and I love her character and I love what she gives um, um, as a character. And I just love, you know, how she will dance after destroying the. <laughs> after destroying an opponent and stuff like that like she's just really amazing but I think I really wanted Kalani Jordan to win I really wanted Kalani Jordan to win because I feel that Kalani she they both have so much promise in order in in terms of being stars in NXT and just beyond they both really do but I really wanted Kalani to win because I feel like a little bit of a blow was given to Kalani when they got rid of Dana Brooke. Um, because her and Dana Brooke had, you know, a blooming storyline happening until all of those cuts happened. And Kalani was just sort of left on her own. And that's not to say that she can't be intriguing on her own because clearly she can and she's definitely talented. But at the same time, I felt like maybe, you know, they should have just threw her a bone and just let her win the breakout tournament, you know, and just be the breakout girl. Because seeing her as NXT champion, NXT women's champion would have been fire. Um, and then also on a personal level, I would have loved it if she had the same um, contract that her boyfriend won. If you may, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. But Kalani and Carmelo Hayes are dating each other and they're super cute. <laughs> And he won the breakout tournament and I was going to be like, oh my God, matching accomplishments. But either way, I mean, it would have been cool if that had happened. But either way, um, I feel like she'll be fine regardless, but I really did want Kalani to win. But I'm not mad that Lola won either because she has a lot of great promise and she's very alluring um, when it comes to, you know, what she gives in terms of her in-ring personality and she's really good in ring as well like as a wrestler and then there's still so much more growth that can happen between now and then so congratulations to lola vice for being the breakout tournament winner for the women and big ups to kalani jordan because you're definitely up next and i love watching you wrestle so she is fantastic phenomenal look at her in the air and for those who don't know like kalani jordan used to be a, like a gymnast in college and stuff like that 
and she went to Michigan State, I think. And she's just really cool and she's young and I just loved her gear choices. Like she sort of had like a gold Egyptian theme for Halloween Havoc this past Tuesday and it was really cute. And then of course, Halloween Havoc last week, she had um, a Spider Gwen cosplay and that was just super cute. So big ups to you. You are still definitely a breakout girl. and You are, you are still definitely a star. So I'm happy for, for both of these women really. And just the idea that all of these women basically took over Halloween Havoc was just fantastic. Like, I love watching NXT and seeing multiple women's matches in a two-hour span. Like, that's amazing. I loved it. Um, in the comments, Patrick is saying, right when they announced the participants of the breakout tournament, I tweeted that I wanted Lola Vice to win. I was thrilled and excited. I was rooting for Lola Vice. Okay, Patrick, I see you making a prediction and it coming true. I like that. That's fun. I love it when I do that and it happens. Um, and Anthony saying, she has all the athleticism and other intangibles to be a great wrestler. Yep, yep. Both of them do. So yeah, it's just cool stuff all around. I love NXT's women's division and I can't wait to see what is cooking next. And also you just never know when Lola might cash in that opportunity on Lyra Valkyria. So it's, it's insane stuff. And speaking of Lyra Valkyria, I just love that she has this moment as the NXT women's champion because she can always say that she beat Becky Lynch. Like, really, like, let that sink in for a second. Both of these women come from Ireland right there together. And they've trained in the same places and probably know the exact same people in the community and everything. And then she got to fight her and defeat Becky. Big time Bex. Main event mania Bex for the NXT women's title. Like, that is an opportunity that Lyra can say that can can put in her cap for the rest of her life. And I love the um, segment that they gave her where she was interviewing with people from Ireland, you know, about the opportunity and how it felt, you know, to represent um, Ireland in that way. And I'm just really happy for her. And then, of course, at Halloween Havoc Night 1, when these two actually fought, I saw two people that I knew from the UK on the show, and that's Mex from WrestleManiac UK and um, Black Wrestling Alliance. I was so happy to see him. And I was happy to see Chids from Wrestling is Too Much Fun on NXT 2 when they were weighing in their opinions on who could win this match. I was so excited to see them because, of course, they were asking people from the UK how they felt because this is definitely an Irish thing. And I was just so happy about it. I was so happy to see them um on nxt i lost my mind i was like oh my god it's them and i just i just couldn't take it so of course if you haven't watched the episode where i interviewed chids and aj the visionary from wrestling is too much fun please go check that episode out um it was a really great interview um i was so happy to have them on because they of course have made history as the first two black women to ever host a wrestling podcast in the uk and they've gotten lots of great attention you know over the past month because last month was black history month in the uk for them so please check that out um and support them, you know, wherever you can. But it was just really cool to see all of this happen for Lyra Valkyria. And I just can't wait to see the amount of people who are going to come after her. Because, you know, Tiffany Stratton is going to keep trying to come after the NXT Women's title. And then you got everybody else trying to come after her, too. So it's going to be lit. Um, Anthony's asking me, how long do I think her reign will be? I hope for at least three months. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
I'm hoping that maybe she can keep it at least until February. Maybe until February. Maybe. Because I know February is right when WrestleMania kicks off and that's when Stand and Deliver usually kicks off. Um, when they start prepping for that. So I'm going to say maybe until February and we'll see what happens from there. I definitely want her to keep it until February. We'll see. And then of course, in February, you have vengeance day too. So it's just like, there's that. And then you're prepping for, um, the other things and stand and deliver, you know, that's the weekend of WrestleMania. So yeah, I say it's going to Lyra Valkyria is going to be champion until February. Yeah. That's my prediction. Thank you for that question, Anthony. So, yeah. And, of course. Oh, wait. There's another question that Patrick had. Is it possible that Jade Cargill will come after her or should Jade work her way to the bottom up? Ooh. Lord Jesus. Okay. Got to go back to the women for that one. Oh. So. Jade. <laughs> That's somebody who also showed up at Halloween Havoc Night 1. And it's hard to say. Oh, my gosh. Because she's been popping up on every other show lately. And it's just like, and the last show she popped up on was NXT. And I think that it's interesting that that was the last place we really saw her because we haven't seen her since. And I thought maybe she would show up on the SmackDown that Bianca Belair made her return, but that didn't happen. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting. So maybe, hmm. I think Jade Cargill might come after whoever's holding the NXT Women's title at that time because that would raise the stakes a bit when it comes to February, March, and April leading to Stand and Deliver, right? So if she did come after whoever's NXT Women's Champion at that time, Lyra or whoever it could be, then that would definitely give a high-profile, you know, gloss that you're looking for for WrestleMania. Um, so I think that would be really interesting because interestingly, we're not seeing her on television. We're not seeing her wrestle. She's probably in the lab working. And because she's working now, you know, she might pop up during Royal Rumble time or WrestleMania time. And then she might go to NXT. Like you just never know. Um, yeah, it's just really crazy to think about, but I think that's a really interesting question, Patrick. And I appreciate that. And Anthony's saying that's why I was thinking it would elevate her also. I love that Jade is popping up everywhere. It keeps up the intrigue as to what brand she'll be on. Yes, it does. Yes, it really does. Like, oh my God. I want her to have a face-off with Bianca Belair so bad because why not? And because I wrote about it in the article. So I'm just like, come on, just do it, just do it. But, you know, we just got to wait and see. But Jade being there is still fun. I love that she's there. I love it every time she pops up. She pops up with a new look and gags us. And it's just like, oh my God, girl, what are you doing? But yeah, I love it. So moving forward, um, <laughs> thank you guys for your comments. Um, the thing that I love the most about NXT, like I mentioned earlier, was... Trick confronting Carmelo Hayes. Now, as you may know, Carmelo had his um, rematch with Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. And as it looked like he was getting ready to win the match, he looks up 
And then um, Trick Williams' music hits, and all you hear is, whoop that trick, whoop that trick. And then you see Carmelo, I mean, not Carmelo, you see Trick walking in, and he's staring a hole in Carmelo's face. Like a complete hole in his face. Like he's staring at him, like he knows something about him that, that we don't know. And the match ends, Carmelo loses, and after he loses, Trick just stares at him for like a few more seconds. Then he climbs in the ring, walks up to Carmelo and lifts him up. And I'm thinking, okay, he finna say something to him or maybe he finna hit him or something. But then the camera moves away to Baron Corbin attacking Ilya Dragunov, you know, who's won the title again. Um, Well, not won it, but retained the title and he's attacking him or whatnot. And that's how the episode of NXT ended. And I'm just like... I don't even care about Baron attacking Ilya because I want to know what's going to happen between Trick and Carmelo. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know if Trick knows that Carmelo either attacked him or wants to tell him that somebody else attacked him. Like, I want to know what's going on, okay? And here again, this moment is just solidified for me because this was happening right as all of the mess was happening with me on Twitter. And it's just hilarious, the timing of it, because I'm just like, yo, what the heck is going on? <laughs> like the way Trick was walking in and staring at Carmelo was the way I felt about women's wrestling doing what they did, which is why I made that video on social media. If you don't follow me, Follow me on Instagram at Queen Steph Hardy and on um, Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy as well. And you'll probably scroll through and see that video that my boyfriend made of me looking at women's wrestling talking that way because it was just hilarious how that happened. This is a very poetic moment. And I think this is going to lead into them possibly feuding over the idea that either Carmelo did it because he is my number one suspect as much as I love him or that someone did it and Carmelo didn't stop it or that Carmelo, you know, knows who did it and just doesn't want to say anything. There's so much, there's layers to it that I just cannot wait to see play out. But at the same time, I don't want to see these black men feuding with each other because they love each other so much. And if you kept watching, you know, their friendship from NXT 2.0 all the way to here, you know that they've been close with each other and their friendship was one of the most authentic black things on television right now. So the idea that it's ending and could be ending is just so heartbreaking, but Jesus Christ, I'm going to get more into how I feel about it on a different medium a little bit later. But this was hilarious to me and I need this picture on a t-shirt. I really need it. I really need it. So yeah, Faith is watching. Hey, Faith. I think he knows he did it and let it happen. I don't want to believe Carmelo did. I know a lot of people don't want to believe Carmelo did it, but the minute it happened, a part of me felt like Carmelo did it. And then when the interview happened and Carmelo was just acting low-key guilty, um, when he had that interview with Vic Joseph and he was acting guilty low-key, and then he kept talking about how trick was sort of like a liability to him it's giving that he's guilty it's giving guilty and i'm just gonna need for him to really like get his stuff together if he didn't do it but i really feel like he did it y'all and i love carmelo down but i feel like he did it 
he did it, bro. He did it, and it's so sad. Oh, get it together. Another thing that I loved in wrestling this week was AEW's commercial <laughs> with the women in it. Um, and it had a song, and it had a song behind it. Um, it was Doja Cat's Paint the Town Red. And of course, Doja in some ways an artist that I have loved, but here lately she's just been dipping and dodging into things that just aren't healthy for me. And my blackness. So it's just kind of like, girl, what are you doing? What, what, no. So, but as far as the concept for the commercial, I loved it. You have Ruby Soho here, you know, wrapped up in a straight jacket. You had Willow, you know, in her beautiful red stuff with her hair. Like, I could just stare at Willow like all day. She's so pretty. Um, <laughs> and I know her. So it's just kind of like, yo, like, I love you. Um, and I want nothing but big things for her. It had the likes of Dr. Britt Baker in it. Like there was just, and Chris Statlander and even the women's world champion, um, Sheeta in it. Like the commercial was fantastic and everybody looked beautiful. And I just loved it. And a lot of people thought that this was advertisement for maybe a new thing for the women in terms of like AEW. But it wound up not being that way because Tony Khan wound up making a whole nother announcement about All In next year. But either way, this commercial was fantastic. And it's very alluring to the eyes when you look at all the women that are in it. Everyone looked fantastic with the levels of red that they had on. And I just need more commercials like this to happen. Everyone looked absolutely stunning. And I just, I just, I just loved it. But yeah, I really love this commercial. Okay, in the comments, people saying, I hope their friendship doesn't end. I hope it solidified their relationship with the reveal that it wasn't mellow and that he just knew who it was. Aw, well, Anthony. <laughs> and then Faith said, I thought Wesley did it, but Carmelo is acting funny. He is acting funny, okay? But yeah, just big love to AEW putting together this commercial. It was fantastic. It was really fantastic. Um, so yeah. Then another thing that I loved in wrestling, which was absolutely random that I couldn't believe I found out about, was Bret Hart. The Bret the Hitman Hart was in a commercial for Amazon Canada. Because, of course, you know, since November has hit, they've started going full swing into the Christmas commercials and the Black Friday deals. So Amazon had made a commercial with him and Lily Singh, who is a Canadian slash Indian um, comedian, you know, and he was in this commercial talking about, you know, wrestling moves and stuff. But yet Lily kept telling him, look, no, this is just an Amazon commercial. Chill out. But he just kept talking about sharpshooters. And you heard his theme song in the back going, da 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 Like, it was just really funny and I enjoyed it. So if you want to find Amazon Canada, and find the commercial it was really hilarious i think i saw it on either tiktok no no i saw it on instagram it was super hilarious but i'm here for bret hart being put in more commercials put him in more commercials in the united states too because that was just hysterical um so yeah bret hart was in a christmas commercial and it was amazing and it had his music playing in the background and if you are just into old school wrestling or old school theme songs it really does get your blood boiling <laughs> it's just cool so i just thought this was really random and cute and i just had to talk about it here so yeah 
when it comes to more stuff I liked in wrestling, now Friday I didn't get to watch all of SmackDown because I was over my friend's house after work, but BFAM makes the argument for joining Bobby and the Street Profits, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Even though a lot of people say they're not here for it, I'm here for it. Because sweetheart, B-Fab just needs something because she's just so alluring to me. Even though she might not necessarily be like a top-notch like wrestler wrestler just yet, even though I know she has been training um, for a little while and stuff, and she was with Hit Row. But of course, that is not no longer a thing in the way that it once was. If BFAP gets with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, I'm definitely here for it. Because I did see people talk about how they would rather it be Bianca Belair. But the thing that I feel about Bianca Belair is, number one, she is too big of a star to be put in a faction. Bianca Belair stands on her own in terms of her own brand. So putting her in a faction with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley just feels low-key a little bit lazy to me. And I just don't feel like that would necessarily work for her. And number two, I feel that just because Bianca and Montez are married doesn't mean that they have to be in the same vicinity of each other. Like, okay, yeah, they're married. And it's cute for them to be together at times, but don't like hand fist it in, you know, where it doesn't have to be. And considering Bianca Belair has to go after damage control and now Kyrie Sane, like her card is already full. She doesn't have to do anything with them. And that's perfectly fine. Like she doesn't have to always be where Montez is. And I think that's just a big lesson that we have to learn in life. Just because you're married to somebody doesn't mean you always have to be up under them. And that's okay. Um, so be fab doing it. I am definitely here for it. I'm definitely here for it because there's just something, there's a genesis qua within be fab that I feel like we have not you know, tap into just yet. And she deserves that after being on the show, on in WWE, then fired, then brought back, and then only for Hit Row to have disbanded the way it did. No. Let B-Fab have this. Let B-Fab be a part of the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. And it doesn't even have to be any type of romantic thing. Like, it could literally just be her wanting to be with this powerful group of men. And that's literally all it has to be. The same way Rhea Ripley is with the powerful group of men, B-Fab can be with a powerful group of men in this way too. Like just make it work in that way. And I love it. And Anthony is saying he's here for it too. She has so much potential and personality to add to any group. She does. And that just needs to be explored a whole lot more. So yeah, let B-Fab have this. Because she's had so much taken from her creatively. I need her to have this. Period. So maybe they might change the way she dresses a little bit. Or maybe they won't. But either way, I think that this is perfect for her. This is perfect placement for her. And Bianca doesn't have to be there. And it's totally fine. So, yeah. Then I also like the fact that even though Logan Paul tried to disrespect Ray, Ray was not here for it. And he bopped him in the head with a microphone. And I never laughed so hard at one single thing. Like, the fact that it just sends me how tall Logan Paul is in comparison to Ray. But just the fact that Ray actually just reached up, grabbed the microphone, and said, look, I got one thing to say to you. Bop! And bopped him with the microphone. 
that just sent me over the edge and I was just laughing so hard. Like what? It was so funny. But you hate to see what happened to him Saturday though. Like Logan Paul is United States champion. Oh, and yeah, he is a good wrestler. I will give him that. Logan Paul is a great wrestler, but just his personality is just very arrogant and abrasive and it just gets on my nerves. Like sweetheart, sit down. But, you know, this is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we're at. That was an old school player move. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely funny, but yeah. Um... Another thing that I loved in wrestling this week was, of course, yesterday Crown Jewel happened in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And I love Bianca's outfit. Of course, you know, you know, that there are different rules for the women and their wardrobe in Saudi Arabia. But that doesn't stop them from being stylish. And it definitely doesn't stop Bianca from being stylish. And this long sleeve outfit that she had with her beautiful hair. Oh, my God. It was so gorgeous. The pink, the magenta. Oh, my God. It was so cute. And she had the kiss marks all over it and everything and her hair. I love when Bianca does her braid. But then she has, like, different, like, strands of hair. Like, like curly, wavy, like, strands of hair sort of sticking out of it. And then sticking out of her, like, the top part of her hair. Like, it is so cute. And I just love it. I love it when she does her hair like that. Like, I love it. I love it when she does her hair, period. But that is like my favorite different style that she does for her, you know, in ring stuff. When she has like the the strands of hair sticking out of her braid, it just sends me over the edge because it's so cute. And her outfit was super cute too. And of course, this is her confronting Kyrie Sane who made her re-debut in WWE. And this shocked the crap out of me. And I popped like real hard because... I had seen the rumors, but I try not to believe the rumors until it comes to fruition on screen in front of my face. So the fact that she actually was there, I was just like, whoa, wait, that's Kyrie. I couldn't believe it. And yo, she helped EO. Like, it was insane. But yeah, Vaughn, thank you for welcoming me back. Um, it has been a minute since I did a regular episode of this, but yeah. Um Logan Paul is a classic heel for the modern day. Anthony. I get it, but uh, it just gets my nerves. Um, Bianca is the queen of gear. She really is. And I really want her to make like a line of clothes or like a line of Halloween costumes. Because the way that I would have dressed up like her somehow for Halloween, like I would have loved to have done that. But it's just like, I want an outfit that fits my body because I don't fit. I Oh my God, I just wanted, I want to dress like her so bad. And yes, Rhea's outfit was fire. Like her outfit was pretty sick and the makeup was cool too. We popped seeing the pirate princess. Yes, I popped seeing her. It was just literally like lit. Vaughn said the greatest luchador lost to a YouTube influencer. But here's the thing, Vaughn, like I'll give Logan Paul credit where credit is due. He is a good wrestler for someone who just started maybe a year or so ago. Like, he's really good, and you can definitely tell that he takes it seriously and he learns his stuff. Um, But it's just his personality that just gets on my nerves. It's just, just stop it. And just the audacity of him actually challenging Ray, you know, after you finish in a boxing match, was just kind of like, oh, my God, why? 
And he's rarely, if ever, there. So a part of me was just like, no, I want Ray to make an example out of him and just hold on to the title for a long time. But that wound up not happening. And I was just like, God dang it. Like, it just irritated me. Ironically, I picked Logan to win. I did not. <laughs> I picked Ray to win. I regret nothing. But yeah, um, just to go back to Kyrie saying coming back, like this was something that I just did not expect at all. I just wasn't expecting it at all. And I'm just really happy that she's back. But I also wonder what that does for EO's friendship with Bailey in terms of damage control. Because I kid you not, when Kyrie first popped up, I thought that maybe she was going to be like the fourth member who could actually be active with damage control since Dakota is still out with injury. So I'm just thinking, okay, well, maybe she's going to be like the fourth member of damage control. But then she was kind of looking at Bailey sideways and Bailey was kind of looking at her like, what are you doing here? So it's just kind of like, what's going on? What, what are we going to do? <laughs> like what's happening with EO and Kyrie and what does this mean for them? Um, so as far as I know, I did hear from Paul, I mean, not Paul, I did hear from Phil Lindsay that they did have a tag team a long time ago. They were the Sky Pirates. So I'm okay with that. Um, if that's something that they're going to explore, but I'm just wondering what this means for damage control because EO and Bailey have had a little bit of a back and forth between them. Like, okay, like I trust you, but then I don't trust you. I can do this without you, but then I can't do this without you. It's just a lot of back and forth between those two. But I really am excited to see where Kyrie is going to go from here. So yeah, I'm really pumped about it. I'm really pumped about it. And of course, Rhea Ripley retained her Women's World Championship after having a sick entrance, you know, for the Fatal Five way in which she fought Zoe Stark, Nia Jax, um, Shayna Baszler, and Raquel Rodriguez. Like, that match was really good. And it was very hard-hitting, and I appreciated it. But the thing that I didn't appreciate was the end, though, because Raquel actually climbed up. Raquel actually climbed on top of Shayna Baszler, tried to cover her for the one, two, three, while Rhea Ripley was up there and about to slam Zoe Stark on top of Shayna. And I was just like, that really wasn't smart. You should have pulled um, Shayna away and then covered her for the one, two, three, and then had her lose that way. But that didn't happen. And I was just like, God dang it. And that wasn't even the dumbest thing that happened. Santos, I'm going to probably, Santos, even going back to that, like, he grabbed the brass nuts away from Logan Paul's buddy and then put it back in the ring. So that was another dumb thing that happened yesterday that frustrated me. But yeah, like, Rhea wound up retaining her title, looking like a complete badass in leather. And I was just like, yo, this is insane. Rhea is just going to, like, rule over us all forever. And she just looks amazing. Like, I just can't, I just can't deal with it. And it's just so funny how I was talking about how I wanted her to have like a feud for the women's world title. And she wound up beating almost everybody in the women's, on the Raw Women's roster. So of course, you know, we have Survivor Series coming up and we might not necessarily have a title match. Maybe, I'm not sure. But I just wonder what's going to happen now. <laughs> what's going to happen with this title now? But then, of course, like I mentioned earlier, Becky Lynch tried to sort of throw her hat in the ring for the title, but we just got to wait and see for that. But Rhea is still the women's world champion. 
Um, and she's probably still ruling the judgment day with an iron fist and there's just stuff going on. So it's insane. And of course you had this match. This match hurt my feelings. I feel like every time Roman Reigns fights someone, it hurts my feelings because at this point, you know, it's going to be a foregone conclusion that Roman is going to keep the title due to interference from his family or he's just going to beat the person. L.A. Knight, I love him so much. And I know a lot of people have different feelings about him because they feel like he's just a rehashing of characters from the Attitude Era or whatever. But honestly, I just feel like... I just feel like... I just love him because he's just really cool and he just says amazing things a lot of the time. And he's just really good on the microphone and he's very charismatic. And I feel like every wrestler, I feel like to compare any wrestler that's charismatic to The Rock or to Stone Cold Steve Austin is almost unfair. Because there's a lot of people who are very charismatic in wrestling. So to kind of do that to him and to pigeonhole him in that way is just kind of ridiculous. And I will also say that the fact that Roman told him that he's like a redneck version of his cousin, that wasn't the read that he thought it was. It really wasn't. Because I'm just like, bro, everybody's been saying this about LA Knight for like the past year. And I'm going to need for you to give something new. Because he's not The Rock. He's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's L.A. Knight. Yeah. Like, let him do that. Like, let him cook and let people enjoy things. Like, there's just so many things that people, you know, don't get. But I feel like when it comes, when it comes to, like, wrestling, there are just so many things that people should just be allowed to enjoy. And when it comes to his catchphrases and when it comes to his glasses or anything else like that, I just think we should just be allowed to enjoy L.A. Knight because... He's really talented. He's great in ring, as we saw, you know, in this match against Roman Reigns and other matches that he's had with other opponents. Like, he's just a really good wrestler, and he has a really great personality. And clearly, he says lots of cool things that resonates with a lot of people. Y'all hear how he be doing them rap bars in his promos? Like, he's just a cool guy. It's just cool. He's just a guy that you feel like you would feel happy to know because he's just a cool guy. And... People should just be allowed to enjoy things. And LA Knight is an enjoyable person. So he definitely deserved this opportunity to fight for the title. But the fact that he lost just made me sad. But I feel like people are just going to love him regardless because he's just cool. Anthony is saying LA Knight has done this gimmick since he was on the indies. Right, exactly. He was doing this when he was Eli Drake. Most people are finally about to see him now that he's with WWE. This has been him for a long time. Yeah, thank you for saying that because a lot of people don't know that. Like, because he, when he was Eli Drake in Impact, he was doing the same thing. Eli Drake. Yeah, like it's the same thing. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, okay. And yeah, he might remind you of the faves from the past or whatever, but either way, it's not like it's it's like a complete rehashing. Y'all are acting like LA Knight is going up here dressing like The Rock and saying The Rock's catchphrases and trying to, you know, make it like something else. Y'all are making it seem like it, like LA Knight is saying, if you smell what the night is cooking. That's not what this man is doing. Y'all are acting like, He's saying, oh, this is the bottom line because L.A. Knight said so. That's not what he's doing. There's yeah, which is original, even though you have the yes chat, but there's yeah. I mean, 
there's let me talk to you. I mean, come on. Everything is original. Just enjoy things. Don't try to overthink and over-rationalize certain things in wrestling. There are just certain things in life that you just have to enjoy. And when I tell you, if I get to go to any wrestling event within the next few months and get to see LA Knight and chant his name, I will lose it. <laughs> and I will say yeah with everybody else and I'm going to have a good time. I don't care. I'm just going to yell and it's going to be fun. But I do hate that LA Knight lost, but I'm pretty sure he'll be WWE champion one day. He will. He definitely will. But his star is going to be his star regardless. So he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. And this was something that made me sad. Um, <laughs> I have to laugh about it to keep from crying. Um, I hate that John Cena lost to Solo Sokoa. The way that John Cena lost to Solo Sokoa broke my heart because I'm just like, John Cena cut that promo two Fridays ago talking about how he hadn't won a match since 2018. And I'm thinking, okay, you about to come out here all guns blazing and you about to be his behind. And that's not what happened. That is not what happened. Like, he tried to battle back as much as he could, but then somehow or another, Solo just kept attacking him with the thumb over and over and over again, the Samoan spike, like, and I'm just like, so you're just going to lose like this? This broke my heart. Like, C-Nation, we are down bad. C-Nation is down bad. And then what really made me sadder about it was just the fact that at WrestleMania night one, he lost to Austin Theory. And that made me say it. So the idea that John Cena is here, you know, coming back with all guns blazing like he is, and then just losing like that just broke my heart. And then what made it even worse was Michael Cole on commentary talking about how it's possible that Solo may have retired him. And I'm just like, hold on. Stop everything. Stop every mother-loving thing. You are not going to retire Mr. Hustle, Loyalty, and Respect and not make a big deal about it. Because I saw him debut. I was with him from the beginning. As I was with him when he released that rap album. I was with him through all of his things. You are not going to have him just retire and just bloop. No. John Cena is not allowed to retire. He is not allowed to retire. Not yet. You will not end my childhood like that. Not like this. Not like this. If you are going to retire John Cena, you better have him win his last match. Have him win his last match. Don't have him lose. Have him win so we can cry about it and cry about it and cry about it later. Okay? Don't have him lose. No. If John is going to retire, have him win everything. Just let, just let him win his last match. That's all I ask. You will not just, just, no, just no. I'm not ready for a John Cena retirement. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I am just not ready for it. He can't go just yet. He cannot go. And if he does go, he has to win the last match. I need one more John Cena victory for my childhood to be wrapped up in a bow. 
<laughs> That's just what I need, okay? I just can't. Patrick is saying Solo beating John Cena was the best decision. It's going to elevate Solo Sokoa even more. That's true, but I also feel like it would probably elevate him more if he wasn't with the bloodline. But, you know, whatever. Then he also said, I think Cena did not need that win. He's going to go back to Hollywood. Now Solo is going to be a proven force. Yes, he would be a proven force if he wasn't with the bloodline. If he wasn't just doing the bloodline's bidding, then I would understand. But seeing as he's probably going to go back and do the bloodline's bidding, it's just kind of like, okay, sweetheart. Thanks. Whatever. I don't know. I'm just tired. I just don't need John Cena to lose any more matches. And if he is going to retire, he has to win the last match. That's all I care about. I just had to make the screen big for that. Because, no. John Cena. C-Nation. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. And this was interesting, too. I will say that. Seeing Rhea get in, see Rhea get in Drew's face after he lost the title to Seth. Oh my God, this was so weird. And this made me feel really scared. I was just like, so you mean to tell me? So is this alluding to the idea that Drew is going to turn heel and join the Judgment Day? This would be absolutely insane if this happened. Drew with the judgment day. Rhea looking at him saying, hey, I tried to tell you because on Raw, if you watch Raw, you know that she told him, like, look, like, if you need the judgment day's help, you know, you can you can call on us and we can make it happen for you. But Drew was like, no. And Seth was like, no. And now Drew doesn't have the title that he really wanted. And now Rhea's like, okay. <laughs> This was funny, but at the same time, I'm just like, look, what does this mean? Is he going to join the Judgment Day with them? And is Damien going to leave? Like, what is going on? Like, it's just going to be real crazy to see what happens from there. Dwayne said, I love how you talk with your eyes. Yeah, I do. Like, I have to. Yeah, the face is facing. Um, Don't be surprised if Solo dethrones Romer. Ugh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that because somebody got to finish a story. And that's all I'm going to say. Hey, JD, it's been a minute. What's up? And um, Anthony saying, Roman not losing till WrestleMania. And it would be to, and it would be to Cody to finish that part of Cody's story. Exactly. Because that's what I want. Because I was at WrestleMania this year and watching Cody not finish the story was heartbreaking as F. So I'm going to need for Cody to actually like step up to him again, which it looks like he's definitely about to do, and beat him at WrestleMania. Like That's what I want. But yeah, Drew is having a sad time right now. It's really sad. And yeah, they did make the announcement that Survivor Series... It's going to be war games this year. And it's coming up in a matter of three weeks, guys. Like, it's so crazy. It was just Halloween. And now it's November. And we're about to head off into Thanksgiving, even though people are skipping towards Christmas for their reasons. Yeah, Survivor Series is coming up and it's going to be war games. So, yeah, get ready, guys. It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. <laughs> 
Now, I don't know if I'll be doing predictions for it, but just be on the lookout if you follow me on social media for any announcements regarding that. But I am excited because I love war games. I absolutely love war games. Like, I love the concept of it. And I just love cage matches, period. So the fact that this is happening again after it happened last year, which is it's just fantastic. But I honestly feel that my favorite Survivor Series is always going to be the one where NXT participated in it. That was that is my absolute favorite Survivor Series. I know a lot of people like to mention a lot of older ones, but that one is definitely my favorite. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably watch that one again, maybe. But outside of that, like, yeah, Survivor Series is going to be in Chicago and it's going to be war games. So let us prepare for brand warfare because they're definitely setting it up um, between um, Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis, who I love to see on WWE television, because I'll just never forget seeing him with his faction Strictly Business um, when it came to NWA and Power Weekend and seeing, you know, him with Camille and everything and just seeing his whole vibe as the NWA champion. And so now he's in WWE and it's just like, whoa, guy, this is insane. So it's going to be fun. I love it. Anthony is saying, hopefully I'll be at WrestleMania in Philly. If you'll be there, I would like to meet you and Java Tears team and maybe interview you for my podcast. That would be terrific. Um, I am planning tentatively to possibly go, but you never know with life. So I'll just have to see. So, okay. Dwayne is saying, well, guess I'm watching it. You got me. Yep. I get you. I make you want to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Another thing that I loved in wrestling this week was just the support that I got um, from dealing with the crazy women's wrestling talk stuff. Um, the Jobber Tears podcast, who have been supporters of me since I've started my show and since they, you know, found out about me and stuff. Um, they named their episode, which came out this past Thursday slash Friday after me. Um, and they used this picture of me and stuff. And I just want to thank them so much for that because they always have my back. They were checking on me for different things, you know, and I check on them for different things, you know, especially when something crazy happens in New York. I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? Are y'all okay? And all that stuff. So I really appreciate them for showing me love anytime I'm in New York or anytime, you know, we're around each other. Um, and they definitely did not have to name their episode after me like that, but they did. And I'm just really grateful for that. So if you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. It's an amazing episode. Of course, they're talking all things wrestling um, that have either already happened or will happen. But either way, it's their show is really great. Um, and they do amazing things in wrestling and outside of wrestling and media, too. So I just want to thank them and also use this as a tool of thanking um, everyone else for showing me their love and support with everything that happened this week. And because of your love and support, I'm going to keep going and not stop this wrestling train because like I said earlier, I love what I do. So yeah. Oh, Dwayne, you still don't know? Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> you missed that whole half. Oh. Well, Dwayne, let me just tell you, I'm not going to talk about it any further, but once this episode comes out audio-wise, you can go back and watch it at the very beginning, and that's where I'll talk about what happened, okay? Because I just don't want to talk about it anymore, but yeah, um, you'll find out after this episode is out. 
So just thank you all so much. So, and I also want to thank those wrestling girls and just give them a shout out because they celebrated their fifth anniversary up in New York yesterday. Um, I'm sad that I can't ever go to these things because New York is far, but at the same time, they still know what the love is. And they also came in and checked on me too. And they also, you know, have given me great support since I've started in this space too. Like they are definitely pioneers in the wrestling space when it comes to black women in media. And I'm so happy that their show has lasted five years. That's amazing stuff. So to Queen PR and Krista B, I love you ladies both so very much. And I'm so happy that you guys have made it to five years and hopefully there'll be five more on the horizon for you guys. And just thank you guys so much for your support over the years and just for being who you guys are and authentic as you guys know how to be. And I love you. I love it when you guys give me hugs. I love it. It's just great. So, of course, we've reached the end of our time together. So thank you guys so much. Oh, Patrick, thank you. Your reading was good. Don't you keep up the great work. You're doing well in the wrestling community. Thank you, Patrick. So, of course, if you are watching this show, um, please... Um, you know that I work in and out of wrestling. I'm not just a podcast host. I'm a writer and I'm a panelist and I'm a color commentator. So, of course, if you want to reach out to me to book me for your wrestling shows, always follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. DM me there. Or, you know, email me at hardywrestlingpodcast at gmail.com. You can see all the places where I've worked and been, you know, in terms of podcasting and commentary and paneling and stuff like that, you know. So you can see everything that I've done um, on this flyer, um, courtesy of Katrina. Thank you so much. So if you are looking for someone to add pizzazz and passion and you know, electricity to your wrestling shows or your wrestling panels or your, you know, or you're looking for a guest for your podcast or a writer for your website, I can definitely do that. And we can work out rates and we can make this thing crack. So yeah, just book your girl, book your girl, book your girl. And you can also check me out on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast in Cat We Trust show, Steph and Cat Talk Wow. So on this show, we talk about, this is a basically a post-show, a continuation of the post-show that we had on Women's Wrestling Talk um, under our own umbrella, where we talk about the action of WOW superheroes. Their episodes come on every weekend, so every Monday, unless otherwise stated. Um, we cover the show and talk about, you know, all of the superstars on the show, and we talk about different news topics of the girls, if they're featured anywhere and stuff like that. And we go and talk about also like the debuts and stuff. So if you watch Wild Women of Wrestling, come back and watch our post show as we continue to grow um, and continue to just, you know, find our way in this space, trusting ourselves and on our own. So please check out Steph and Cat Talk Wild every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, or unless otherwise stated, because life be life in and you have to reschedule things. So yeah, that's what's going on. And of course, continue to check out our work at Daily DDT. Katrina is, a, is an amazing writer, so please read her articles as well as mine too. So yeah. Um, Dwayne, I see your comment about rolling back the live. Yeah, just roll it back and you'll see what happened. 
Um, but I thank you guys so much for watching this live episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And of course, if you're looking for all other episodes of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, Notice you can follow them and listen to them on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your audio stuff. And you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel at The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, where you see the logo um, on the top of the screen. You can find it there. And you can just listen to it everywhere and listen to the live shows as well. And also follow the podcast on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod. And just continue to support me and support the brand. Um, and just wherever you see me, just share, share everything um, and just continue to just support me and support my wrestling work. And thank you guys so much for the love. Thank you, Anthony, um, for the Black Power Fist. And thank you, and I love you too. And I love all of you guys. And as long as wrestling is going on, I'm going to go on. So, of course, this has been the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. And until next time, keep it chill, positive, and passionate. Bye, y'all.